Thank you for the anthem. It's a perfect song for the uh, message. Did you choose this week? <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I was thinking, what is the most uh, important thing to remember uh, for ourselves? What, what is uh, the most important thing that we need to continuously remind ourselves with? I think the, the most important and also the most beautiful thing uh, is that we are the beloved. That is unchangeable fact. We are the beloved. I think that is the most important thing for us to remember. A lot of relational problems, I realize that, happens because we don't have this understanding that I am the beloved. So whenever people criticize me and all that, it triggers that I'm not beloved. And that's why we react. And that's why we get angry. How important it is for us to remember and accept and believe that we are the beloved. Uh, and then, you know, when I see a lot of shootings and all that, behind it all, I see they are struggling with the fact that they are not beloved. They're crying out for the attention. I mean, deeply ingrained that I'm not worth. I'm not, I'm worthless. I'm not beloved, and that's what we experience in the world that we live in. It is it is hard to experience that I am beloved uh, in the world that we live in. Whenever we experience failures, we translate that into oh, I'm not beloved. Whenever we experience rejection, again, we feel that we are not uh, beloved. And whenever we don't do very well, then people won't love me because I don't do very well. And that is the kind of experience that we always have every moment, every day. So it is hard to believe that I'm the beloved. Last, once I had a meeting, uh, and then there was a man in front of me. And then from the first moment I see, I saw him, he was, his face told me that I am very angry. And all throughout the meeting, I could see him so angry. And then I was wondering, how difficult it must be for him to always live with that anger. He, all his energy will be wasted for uh, that anger. Whenever we are reminded uh, that we are not beloved, we get angry. And we are angry with the people who remind us that we are not 
beloved. That's why so many people cannot take criticisms well, because criticisms affirm that we are not beloved. So we become sensitive to criticisms, and people's treatment to us, and any kind of situation where we feel unwanted and rejected, uh, some tinge of the sign that I'm not uh, welcome, I'm rejected, I'm not wanted, then all of a sudden we overreact to the situation. We are scared of being unwanted. We don't have to be popular, but we don't want to feel unwanted. That gives us constant struggle to fit in. Not just young people, not just teenagers, everyone. You know, when I talk to older uh, people, uh, and I, sometimes I uh, uh, talk with them, I play with them, and then all that, and then they tell me, "Thank you." I didn't do anything. Why did you thank me? You know, you play with these old people, old men. <laughs> I mean, they feel that. Oh, you know, nobody welcomes the old people. So the, from young to old, they're all scared of feeling unwanted. We don't have to be popular, but at least we want to feel wanted. But I realize that nobody in the world can validate that I am the beloved. Nobody, no group in the world can validate that I am the beloved. More often, people and the groups, they validate that we are not beloved. If we expect that from people or from the group or from the world, we'll get disappointed and we'll become very unhappy. The more we try, the more we become enslaved to the need for the approval and the acceptance of people. While I was uh, writing this sermon, I was uh, thinking about Goins and how bad he must have felt. <laughs> that triggered the whole thing. I didn't watch the game, but, you know, I read the uh, news. And, ah, oh, how could he do that? I mean, I love that guy. He's my favorite. I, and then uh, the kind of comment that he made, he's very humble. It is me. It is I uh, who made a mistake. You know, I caught that kind of thing many, many times, but somehow that happened. But when Batista said, what confusion. I don't understand what you're talking about. I didn't appreciate that. And then I fell for Goins that evening. And also I fell for uh, the Elvis, even though because of his mistake, <laughs> we won the game. But uh, Elvis, what's his name? Andrews? Yeah. yeah. How bad they must have felt that evening, that night. The more we expect love from people and from the world, we'll be more disappointed 
and will be enslaved to their validation. And I don't want to be validated by them. I realize that only from the source of love, I can validate that I am the beloved. Then what is the source of love? Today's scripture says this. Love is from God. And John begins with this, beloved. He assumed that, beloved, let us love one another. He calls us beloved. And then he says later, love is from God. That is a source. God is a source. Going one step further, he says, God is love. He just defines who God is. God is love. All about God is love. There's nothing else but love. That's what God is. That's who God is. God is love. Through, God, through love, God created this world. And with love, God has led us. And because of his love, he saved us. Every movement of God starts, begins from love. That's who God is. We have so many distorted images about God, but God is love. That's what John proclaims, and that's what I want to proclaim. God is love. Today's scripture summarizes the work of Jesus Christ as what? As the manifestation of God's love. This is what he said. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. The fact that God, Jesus Christ came to us was also the revelation of God. Nothing else but love of God. Jesus' life was the incarnation of God's love. Jesus was not just word becoming flesh, but love of God becoming flesh. And John, in, in chapter 1, he said the word became flesh, but he, uh, in chapter 3, he said love Jesus is the incarnation of God's love in this way. He said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. The fact that Jesus Christ came to us was God's love for the world. So the fact that we are the beloved cannot be discovered by other people but only from God. As we deeply meditate on God's love, we'll discover that we are the beloved. As a matter of fact, I believe that every conclusion of our prayer should be, I'm the beloved. At every prayer, when we end it, we come out, oh, I'm the beloved. Jesus Christ lived his life very, very busily. 
he had so many things to do every day. He was so tired at the end of the day, so totally exhausted. So he went up to the mountain, and then in the mountain he prayed, and then what would he receive at the end? At the end, he received that you are the beloved. When Jesus Christ first began his ministry, what was the voice that he heard? What's the only voice? What was the only voice he heard before he began the ministry? And hearing this voice, he went into the ministry. And this is a vo voice that he heard. And the voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. That is the voice he heard. You are my son, the beloved. Hearing that voice, he began his ministry. The very basic thing that we have to first affirm to live our lives meaningfully is that we are the beloved. Not just with our brain, not just with our heart, but in our gut. At the gut level, we have to know that we are the beloved. We have to build our lives on this unchangeable, immutable fact. The world constantly challenges us. Prove that you are beloved. The, war, the world always tells us, prove that you are the beloved. What is that? What is that voice? Prove that you are the beloved. What is that voice? That is a voice of temptation. As soon as Jesus heard the voice, you are the beloved. The next thing Jesus heard was from Satan. In the wilderness, in the uh, temptation. And Satan said, if you are the son of God. In other words, prove that you are the son of God, the beloved. That's the voice of Satan. That is the voice of temptation. You don't need to prove that you are the beloved. Stop trying that. You don't need to prove that. Accept it and believe it. As you are able to accept and believe that you are the beloved, then whole thing changes. Can we say that? I am the beloved. Again, I am the beloved. Good. In KSM service, one member shouted, I am the beloved. Mr. Bay. <laughs> you know, when we understand that I am the beloved, something amazing change, uh, um, amazing happens. You know what happens? When I say that I am the beloved, and I realize that, oh, you are the beloved too. When we deeply understand that I am the beloved, we understand you are the beloved too. That's what love is. 
recognizing that you are the beloved. That's what love is. That's what love, loving one another means. Loving one another is not doing something, but just to recognize you are the beloved too. And that recognition only comes when you really know that you are the beloved. So the, this is what uh, to, to the scripture says. Beloved. He already assumed. Beloved. Since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Ought to. It's not saying that you should try. It's not an order, but it is a matter of fact. As we know that we are the beloved, we can also know that you are the beloved, and that is to love one another. Ah, then we realize love is flow. Love is not feeling. And somebody, somebody wrote a book, oh, love is a verb. You know, they say, you know, love is not just feeling, love is doing something. But, you know, love is not just verb. Love is not adjective. Love is not feeling. Love is not doing. Love is simply flow. When you experience and are absorbed into the love of God, that love just flows down to the neighbor. And that truth, who told us? Jesus Christ told us. In the Old Testament, there is a, uh, one verse, it says, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Love your God. That, that was the most important. Uh, it's called Shema. It's the most important commandment uh, in the Old Testament. And so you put that uh, uh, word on your uh, forehead, on your wrist, and on your doorstep, everywhere. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Important. But love your neighbor? It's way back there in uh, somewhere in, in the hidden. You don't even see where that is. In other contexts, it's just love your neighbor. And Jesus put these two together and love your God and love your neighbor. That is the most important thing in your life. No rabbi taught that. No rabbi did that. They were all in Old Testament, but Jesus was the first one who, who put it together. Saying that you love God, then naturally flows into love your neighbors. I believe that knowing that you are the beloved is a moral responsibility. Once I said in a happiness seminar, our retreat, uh, I said, being happy is a moral responsibility. Because when you're happy, only when you're happy, you can make others happy. When you're unhappy, you make so many people miserable. So I think it's a moral responsibility. When you're happy, you make other people happy. When you're unhappy, you make other people unhappy. Whenever I see shooting uh, thingy, they're they are so unhappy and they make so many other people so unhappy. Make them miserable 
for the rest of their lives. Not just one or two, hundreds of people, thousands of people were affected by their unhappiness. So being happy is the moral responsibility. Knowing that I'm the beloved is the moral responsibility. When other people criticize us and pinpoint our weaknesses and darkness, when we know that we are beloved, we don't need to overreact. We don't need to respond with such a sensitivity. How people treat me, what people tell me, kind of criticism and nasty things they tell about, say about me, I don't need to respond. If I know that I am the beloved. But when I don't know that I'm the beloved, then we'll react to that. That's why when we know that I am the beloved, you can't even love the enemies. That was the only secret to love your enemies because they don't fire off. That I'm not beloved. They can't do that. Enemies, I will never let enemies do that for me. I will never let enemies tell me that I'm, the, uh, I'm not be, uh, beloved. So when I know that I'm the be, uh, beloved, I can even embrace the enemies. That's the most important thing for your life. When you know that you are the beloved, you'll be strong. You can overcome your failures. You can overcome your rejections. You can overcome your shortcomings because you're strong. We Christians are strong because we know that we are the beloved and that we are strong and we can overcome all kinds of situations. When bad situations happen, uh, happen in your life, that's when you say to yourself, I'm the beloved. Not when things are okay. When bad things are happening uh, in your life, that's when you say to yourself that I am the beloved. To, be, to believe in Jesus Christ means to believe that you are the beloved. Because for God so love you, that Jesus Christ, God sent Jesus Christ. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, believing in Jesus Christ can be translated into believing that you are the beloved. Believing, believing in Jesus Christ, Christ is not abstract concept. Concretely, if you know that, if you believe that, then you believe that you are the beloved. Be strong. Be strong. You're loved by God. Let us sing together.